along in your heart language of Spanish or any other heart language that that may be. Um, but I'm gonna read for us in English this morning. Colossians chapter one, beginning from verses 24 to 29. And let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God. Colossians chapter one, verse 24. Now, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 28, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, because you are good, you are mighty, you are true, and Lord, you're teaching us a new thing every single time we just open our hearts and open our minds to your precious, precious word. Te damos gracias, Señor, por tu palabra santa y preciosa que nos enseña nuevas cosas cada, cada día. And Lord, we just pray that um, today you would be here, that your presence would just saturate us, Lord God, that we would be able to trust in you more than ourselves, more than our circumstances. And Lord God, um, we just pray that we would be able to, um, to believe, to believe even when we don't see, to trust even when we don't fully understand, God. Meet us in our questions, Lord. Meet us in our stresses, in our loneliness, and be our true comfort, Lord. Help us to believe that we're here, Lord, for purpose. We're here because you have gathered us together. You're doing something, Lord God. You're revealing to us this hope of glory that you talk about here in the scriptures, this hope of glory in Christ, that we would be fully mature in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that there's a goal in this journey. We love you, Lord, and we give you all the praise because you alone are worthy. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. So we've been in this series in the book of Colossians that we've been calling Visible and Invisible. And that's where we're learning to see Jesus as Lord of all. Lord of all that is seen, unseen, our insides, our outsides, all circumstances, all situations. We can invite Jesus to be the center of it all. And it was really cool, actually, some of you know, many, well, many of you know that yesterday the United Kingdom actually crowned their new king after the Queen Elizabeth died eight months ago. They crowned King Charles III. Some of you heard about that, right? It was a pretty big deal around the world yesterday. 
But interestingly enough, the actual passage that was read, because it was a, a service, the one who crowned him was actually uh, a minister, the reverend of the entire Church of England, the archbishop. Um, and uh, he actually, the, the, sermon, the scripture reading for the coronation of King Charles was actually the exact same scripture reading we had at Imago last week in Colossians chapter one, that by him and for him all things were created, um, just like even the song that we read or, or that, we, that we sang earlier. So it's amazing, right? Here at Imago, we're influencing the entire world. <laughs> so you're welcome, England. You're welcome, King Charles. And it's so cool to just uh, see the themes that God is up to all over the world and even here locally and globally. By him and for him, all things were created. And here at Imago Church, we are a gospel-centered, multicultural community where hope is built through restored uh, relationships. And that means that we're a community that functions not by law, not by just tradition, but we're a people who live by the Spirit and who seek to be fully mature in Christ, just like that passage says. That's the goal of us being together and doing life together to sharpen one another so that we would experience that hope in Christ, hope of glory, and we would, we would become fully mature in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who connects us, who connects us to God and to each other, right? What we're doing here at Imago, it's really unique and it's really difficult to gather people who wouldn't ordinarily be together, uh, uh, gather them around Jesus, and then to do life together, right? Most churches actually don't do that and that's not bashing anyone, but that's my experience in most churches. It's oftentimes just people who already look, think, and act the same and happen to talk about Jesus on Sundays as well. Um, but what our goal here is that we want to live into this, uh, into the hope of glory that we have in Christ, seeing everyone become fully mature in Christ. So here we don't function just by law or tradition, but we function by life in the spirit. And as I've said here before at Imago, here we don't gain any kind of authority by titles, but all, all authority that we have is relational relational trust and authority, and we gain that not by titles, but through testimony. And we gain also uh, that relational authority, that relational accountability, um, again, not by, not by any kind of um, uh, role or, uh, or title, but by Christ-like character. How do you taste? How do others experience you? How do others experience me? Right, even as we're seeking, even in this year and, and next year, uh, to onboard new leaders, new overseers of the church, the two things that we that we look for are first uh, Christ testimony, Christ like character, and healthy relationships. How are your healthy relationships with with God, with yourself, with your family, with the church? But part of the theme that that we're working toward in 2023 and beyond is rebuilding towards spiritual maturity and church health as the body of Christ here at Imago. And so we've been in this series, Visible and Invisible, and wanting to invite Jesus into all of it. And uh, just as it says here in Colossians chapter one, verses 27 to 28, it says this, it says, to them God has chosen, and to them that means you and me, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, 
That's an amazing, eternal, beautiful mystery. Christ in you and Christ in me, the hope of glory. When we see each other, when we interact and experience uh, life with one another, we can see Christ in each other, the hope of glory. Verse 28, he's the one that we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. That's the end goal of life together, of church community together, to present everyone fully mature in Christ. So what does this mean? It's a nice word, it's a nice phrase to be fully mature in Christ, but what does it mean? Friends, brothers, sisters, to be fully mature in Christ requires wisdom, stewardship, and responsibility. Wisdom, stewardship, and responsibility, knowing that to be mature in Christ means, and in similar right to even uh, the way a person knows that they're mature in life, and that's this, a mature person knows that their actions, their life, doesn't only impact them, it impacts others. And in the same way, to be mature in Christ means that the way that I live shapes the image and the idea that others have about God. Whether we think we signed up for this or not, that is the truth. We witness to who God is with our lives, with our actions, and the way that we conduct ourselves and the way that we even interact with one another and love one another. The way we do that actually becomes implanted in the minds of those that are around us, especially those who feel like they're far from God or those who are learning to grow or, or developing their relationship with God, whether you're younger, whether you're older, whether you're a teen, whether you're an adult, this is true for you. The way that we, uh, that we live our lives shapes the way that others view God. It's, it's true for me and true for you too. And you know, it, it's interesting because it really does all come down to relationships, right, in this life whether it be professional life, personal life, church life as well. And, um, and just an example of this, of the way that we live our lives impacts the view that others have about God as well, whether we think about it or not. I mean, as a pastor for many years, I've had to navigate all kinds of things, including uh, challenges that people have had in the church and within the church. And some of us here have experienced it as well before, so some that, that um, experience challenges with feeling hurt by the church, right? Or, or, or having um, hard experiences in the past by that. And as a pastor, I've had to navigate that with many people, and the very first thing that we do is first just listen, listen to what the story is, what the journey has been. And oftentimes I've found when the story begins up here, it's very abstract of, you know, I'm an agnostic now, or I don't believe anymore, or whatnot, and then it, it kind of becomes more and more relational each time. It goes from being agnostic to I don't believe to um, there was, there, there was I, I've been hurt. There was a, a relationship in which I was hurt. Now, by who? By the church. And then, you know, as we go deeper, we realize, well, what was their name? What was his name? What was her name? Who was the person that actually hurt you? What was the situation? Friends, brothers, sisters, all those very big, abstract, systemic challenges have relational solutions and, and relational um, 
and, and God is able to meet us and do something new. So again, the main point in that, right, that the way we live our lives impacts the way that others view God. And maybe you've been on the other end of that as well in being in, in, a, in, a, in a season of needing to heal from some kind of hurt relationship. But, you know, just since we're on that topic and we won't spend long on it at all, but that's a common thing, right? There's going to be challenges and hurts within the church. Why? Well, here's what I want you to hear. And hear it from your pastor who loves you and cares for you. But I want you to hear this. No one loves you or hurts you quite like your own family. No one loves you or hurts you quite like your own family. And the church is a family. It is God's family. We don't have this level of closeness and intimacy just with, you know, someone in the supermarket or someone that we, that we uh, have been working with for years. Maybe we don't even know much about their story, but the church is God's family. And what is God's family? Imperfect people worshiping a perfect God. Imperfect people like you and me worshiping a perfect God. So what does that mean? When imperfect people are doing life together, what's bound to happen? We're gonna step on each other's toes once in a while. We're gonna disappoint each other once in a while. I'll just, I'll just break it to you now, right? I'm probably gonna disappoint you at one point. I'm sorry, all right, or in advance. <laughs> but what we're called to be is a community that tastes different. A community where we choose to give each other grace. A community where we choose to give each other love, forgiveness, honesty, and reconciliation, even though we feel like the other person doesn't fully deserve it, but that's what tastes different. That's what's a new witness in this world. You know, just being done because I, I, I got hurt. And of course, there's levels of hurt and there's extremely serious situations that we need to navigate to, through, especially when it comes to any kind of emotional or spiritual or physical abuse. I'm not talking about that. that those are extremely important and we've navigated those and we need to navigate those and put those um, uh, in the forefront. Uh, be very pastorally sensitive with those. But again, I'm talking about when things just don't go my way and I'm out. That's, there's nothing different about that. That doesn't taste different. That's exactly the way that this world functions, right? But together as God's, uh, God's church, as God's community, we're called to taste different, to be a community of grace, of truth, of justice, of honesty, of compassion with one another. This is a school of learning to love. Learning to love through grace, through truth, and through honesty and compassion. Oftentimes, all of us, we seem to view all of our relationships through some of these lenses, right? Um, so our relationships or our engagements or whatever it may be through, or even the conflicts that we're in or the challenges that we get into, we tend to view all of them through either the lens of grace, of truth, or justice. Yet the interesting thing is, right, we often want to see ourselves through the lens of grace and compassion, 
but we want to see others through the lens of truth and justice, right? Naturally, all of us are going to tip the scale toward one or the other, right? We're going to tip the scale toward overly doing it with grace or overly doing it with so-called truth and, and justice, and I'll say more about that in a second. But kind of like our, our covenant communication here at Imago Church, we love each other through our covenant in relationship and communication here at Imago, and we've talked about it before. And eventually we're gonna have a handout and a whole uh, Q&A on this and, and understand it all together. But here at Imago Church, we practice with our communication and relationships, we practice HDR, honest, direct, and respectful. We choose to love and go the extra mile with one another by being honest, direct, and respectful. And the truth is all of us tend to be overly more of one or overly more of the other, right? Some of us tend to be a lot more honest and direct. I don't know if anyone else is, is like that, but that's me, definitely. Some of us tend to be a lot more honest and direct, while others uh, tend and lean toward being uh, overly or a little, a little too much in the respectful category. What do I mean by that? Too much to the point where it's just beating around the bush and you're not even sure what, what's being said. You know, I've had some uh, moments uh, in the past, and I, I hope I've done it with love, but I've, I've had to share with, with, with friends, with congregants, with family members in the past, uh, well, can you just tell me what you want to say in one sentence? Is that possible, <laughs> you know, in order for me to truly get an idea of where you're coming from? But friends, brothers, sisters, tasting like the fruit of the Spirit means growing in spiritual maturity. And that's a commit, a commitment to grow in the areas that are not instinctual for us, in the areas that are, that are not instinctual for you. So like I mentioned in that, in honest, direct, respectful, I tend to be more honest and direct. I've had to learn to grow in being respectful. That's the area where God has had to grow me in my communication. And sometimes that takes me going against my own instinct. You know, I can think of a situation several weeks ago where, um, and, and where someone was kind of projecting some of their frustration toward me. And um, my instinct was, I'm going to be direct toward you right now. But maturity in Christ for me in that situation meant to be respectful, to be quiet, to listen to what this person had to say. And then guess what? God used it in an incredible way, in a beautiful way that I couldn't have done through my own instinct. So how about for you? How is God growing you in a way that goes against your own natural instincts? It's the same with our perspectives and attitude toward God, ourselves, and others. Back to that, that whole view, right? In, in our instincts, our views, sometimes our, our perspectives, we're going to tend to view people in the light of either grace or truth, right? And if your instinct is to default to only grace, then eventually that's going to become what's called cheap grace. And the call to maturity will be for you to grow in loving and seeking the truth and not being afraid of the truth. But maybe for you, for, for some of you, your instinct is to view everything through the eyes of just true or false. 
Only then, that obsession with so-called just truth or falseness, that obsession will become nothing more than just a half-truth. Because the truth can only be, the full truth can only be understood in the light of grace. So friends, brothers, sisters, we're called to live authentically in a real kind of love which requires not either choosing grace or truth, but living and loving both grace and truth. Otherwise, we're just going to be left with one without the other. We're either going to be left with cheap grace or a half-truth. And cheap grace or half-truth is actually really not worth anything at all. It only worked maybe for that one second, but it's actually going to cause more frustration in a friendship, more challenge in a relationship with God and with other people. But the call from Scripture is a call to live by the Spirit, to seek to grow in this, uh, in this maturity, fullness of maturity in Christ. As it says here in chapter 1, verse 28, and if we have it up on, on the screen, if we could have put it up, please. It says, he, uh, chapter 1, verse 28, he, Jesus, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So to live in freedom and maturity, that's a call for us to break the ceiling of tradition, of law, that we maybe have been brought up in? What do we need to let go of in order to let God do something new in our lives? Growing into full maturity in Christ is not just freedom from bad things or freedom to do whatever I want to do, but freedom for life in the Spirit is a call to be who we were created to be. That's what God's doing in your life and in mine and in the life of our church living just beyond the traditions of people, society, or religious customs, and now living a new life by the Spirit. And life in the Spirit tastes a different kind of way. It tastes like the fruits of the Spirit, which we've gone over before here at Imago. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. If you haven't memorized, do it and write it down and pray through these verses. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's how we're called to taste as God's people to taste like the fruits of the Spirit. Tasting like the fruits of the Spirit means that we really do um, celebrate that we're a gospel-centered community, we're a people of God, and we taste different. We taste like something new because we've been made new in Christ. God frees us from self-destruction. God frees us in order to flourish not just to maintain, but to flourish and see God do something new, to see God turn all of those trials into victories. He's able. To grow fully mature in Christ, that reminds us that God is up to something big in our lives. God is actually 
um, wanting to transform every part of who we are, what's visible, invisible, seen, unseen. And it all begins with every aspect of our lives, right? From our thinking, to our actions, to our habits, to our character. That's the whole person. That's our entire life. God isn't just interested in restoring or redeeming our Sunday selves or our church selves or religious projections, but our whole selves, even those areas of life that we don't like to invite anyone into. God says, I can do something new there. I can bring life. I can bring light into those situations. Holiness is actually a journey in being made whole by God. Get it? Holiness, whole. That's God making us whole and complete. And actually, and actually the, the word for complete in the biblical languages in Greek is the, is the word perfect, to make us perfectly whole in Christ. Whole, holistic, holy. Freedom and maturity in Christ begins with God and freedom requires action. The gospel calls us to prepare our minds for action. If you're wanting to grow mature in Christ, if you're wanting to taste like the fruits of the Spirit, then there's a, a joyful call to action in your life. To draw near to God and He will draw near to you and He will make you new. So again, there's this call to action, not to passivity. We refuse passivity. We step together toward action. Just like, again, you know, uh, this, this famous um, British prime minister during World War II, Winston Churchill, once said, right, action is key during any kind of crisis. He once said, I never worry about action, but only about inaction. What does he mean by that? Action I am never afraid of. It is no action that terrifies me. So no action either is, is what should be the most intimidating for us. Friends, brother, brothers, sisters, what does this mean? Just like it says right in the Old Testament when we see uh, this, this young leader who didn't even know exactly what he was called to do, but Joshua, who, who was the successor of Moses, what did God tell him? He said, Joshua, you must go to the land that I will give you. You see how that works? I will give you the land, but you must go there. It's not just zap and you're teleported there. It's this amazing dance with the Lord and relationship with the Lord. You must go to the land that I will give you. I'll put it in modern terms. What does this mean? If we want this same goal that we're reading about in Colossians for Jesus to be Lord of all and to be presented fully mature in Christ, then that is a call to action, to go to the places that God calls us to, to grow internally in the way that God is calling us to. But here's the way that I'll, I'll put it most in, in a most simple and modern way. Why is action required? Because you cannot move a parked car. Yes or no? Can a parked car get you anywhere? No. You're right, Mijo. No. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> a parked car cannot get you anywhere. I have a friend who once failed her driving test because she had her emergency brake on during the entire uh, behind the wheel driving test. <laughs> 
And moments into the test, the DMV instructor says, all right, stop, stop the vehicle now. The test is over, you failed. Why, said my friend. Well, the instructor said, the first rule of driving is that you cannot move a parked car. So if you're parked, we're not going anywhere. This is done, you failed. Eventually, she passed the test, so it's good now. But friends, here's, let's be abundantly clear about this. If you don't want to grow in Christ, if you don't want to grow into this uh, full maturity in Christ that Colossians is inviting us into, then there really is only one thing to do, and that's nothing. Stay parked. Take no action. But let's be clear about this. No action does take you somewhere. You know where it takes you? It takes you nowhere really fast. So if you want to end up nowhere really fast, do nothing. But God is calling you and I to something more. To be someone, to go somewhere. to be fully alive in Christ, to see God show up and show off in the most incredible ways that we can think of or imagine. And we're gonna be formed by our habits, right? Our habits are what form us and they're what mature us. So I wanna invite us into that. Get into the habit on your own, with your family, with your spouse, with your, your housemates, whatever it is, into the habit of prayer. Prayer is a gift of God, entering into the presence of God with thanksgiving and asking God for help. In the mornings, in the afternoons, in the evenings, whenever works best, it can take one minute, two minutes, 20 minutes, an hour. It's, it's this, that time with God. Scripture, meditating in Scripture, living and, and, and really um, spending time in God's Word, that will shape and mold your life like nothing else. And then here, celebration, celebrating in fellowship together, sharpening one another as the people of God. Being together is celebrating and also rejoicing and carrying one another in all seasons. And especially as we're moving into this new location, God's going to do something new. God's going to, to, to bring new, new people, new families, and it's a whole new beginning. So together as God's people that are even part of the story from here, we're going to be welcoming others into that story as well. And friends, brothers, sisters, I want to encourage all of us to make it a goal to be a part of worship and fellowship. Make that the norm of your life, not the exception. Make it the norm. And kind of bottom line, right? And, and this is kind of a, a covenant that even uh, my wife and I have had in our own life and marriage before kids and individually as well. Basically, you're this, right? If I'm not sick or if I'm not out of town necessarily, I'm going to be here. I'm going to bring the body. I'm going to make it a life-giving habit. And God will fill you in incredible ways when you do that. When you just show up, you will see him show off in incredible ways in your life. And we're, we're in this season together, rebuilding. And God is using all of us for an incredible purpose. And here's the amazing thing. When it comes to this goal that we're reading about, becoming fully mature in Christ, guess what? 
Showing up consistently and faithfully, showing up is 90% of all spiritual growth. Showing up to God in fellowship, in prayer, in meditation, that's 90% of the whole thing. Showing up and seeing God show off in your, in your, in your life, it's absolutely, absolutely key. Being available to what God wants to do in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. You know, availability is the best ability. As, as I've mentioned here before, you know, I, I love to follow all the sports analysis, and right now is the NBA playoffs, and basketball is my favorite. And I, I just love the different um, conversations of the commentators talking to one another and trying to talk about, well, who's going to win this series or this game, and how's that going to work? And I love the brilliance of, of one of the commentators who's Shaquille O'Neal, uh, you know, five, a four time champion. And um, probably the mo- one of the, the uh, best, definitely one of the best players ever. But when they ask him, well, who do you think is going to win this, this series? He says very wisely, well, it all depends who's going to show up. It all depends who shows up for that match. It all depends who shows up for the series. Because availability is the number one ability. I don't care how skilled, how talented we feel we are. If we don't show up, nothing's going to happen. We can't move a parked car. And here's the truth. There's always going to be a good reason not to show up. And yes, I'm talking about church fellowship, but I'm talking about in your relationship with God too, in in time in the word, in time in prayer, to show up and be present in that, in time with your family, in time with those God has called you to love, right? Right? But there's always going to be a reason and actually a good excuse and a good explanation not to do something. But giving a deep yes to Jesus, to community, to committing to growing fully mature in Christ, that's giving a deep yes to God. And when you give a deep yes to him, he gives a deep yes to you. And you'll see incredible things happen especially in the simplest and most incredible ways beyond what you could think of or even imagine. So I'm so grateful for this community, for all of you, for those here in person, those online, for giving of your time, of your treasure, of your talent consistently and faithfully. All of us here, we have habits, and our habits are what build us up toward the life that we're called to be a part of, toward life in the spirit, toward life of experiencing full maturity in Christ. And people who live by the spirit taste like the spirit. So my prayer is that we would be able to be a people who live by the spirit, but also taste like the spirit. And yes, it's, it's been a long journey and it continues to be a long journey here at Imago, but God's not done. We're going into a whole new beginning. And one thing that I'm so grateful for, and in God's timing, we'll, we'll get to those next levels that he's calling us to. But I'm always so grateful that everyone that has stuck at Imago before, one of their comments to me has been that I really experienced the spirit of God amongst the community. I can see how the people of God love each other. And for me, as a pastor... What better compliment is there than that? 
Wow, the Spirit of God, the, uh, uh, evident amongst the people of God. They taste like the fruit of the Spirit. So friends, brothers, sisters, I pray that this would be an encouragement for you, a joyful invitation from God to live a life of flourishing, to be the you that you were created to be, to lean into your calling, to rest in him, to trust in him, not in your own abilities, but in who God promises that he will be to you. He will never let you go. He will never forsake you. You will never be alone. He is with you. He is committed to you. And remember that I, as a pastor, I, as the lead pastor of this church, I've had to go back to these words over and over over the past year. He is committed to you. He is committed to us. He's not just committed to some plan or to some blueprint. And thank God because plans change. But he's committed to us as his people, as his beloved community. Jesus offers to take you right where you're at. And he's committed to remolding you and shaping you into this precious and incredible new creation. He's going to shape you into full maturity, into who you were created to be. And you and I were created to be flourishing people who live by the Spirit in the fullness of Christ that we reflect and taste like the fruits of the Spirit. Let's pray. God, we thank you because you call us to so much more. Sometimes we just want to limit that. Sometimes we want to say, okay, God, just up to here. Or don't come any closer. But you are the Lord of all that is visible and invisible, all that is seen and unseen. And you're not done with the good work that you started in us. Lord, would you just transform us completely that even the way that we show up in other people's lives, the way that others experience us, and the way, Lord, that we are... Um, that we taste, that that, would, um, that that would be different, Lord. May we taste like the fruits of the Spirit. May we taste like love. May we taste like joy. May we taste like peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There is no law or religious tradition or rebellion that can come up against those things. The fruits of the Spirit go beyond the law, go beyond rebellion, doing what I want when I want. The fruits of the Spirit lead us to full maturity in Christ through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, help us to live by that power, by that presence, by your promises, Lord. We love you, God. And we are confident that you are the one who has called us and you are the one who will be faithful and you are the one who will do it. You will bring all things together to experience the hope of glory in Christ 
and to see us all grow to full maturity in Christ. Full maturity in Christ. Tasting like the fruits of the Spirit and blessing one another with the fruits of the Spirit. We love you, Lord, and as we close out with this final worship song, would you just receive all the glory? It's all for you. You alone deserve it, God. And use this time to even shape us into the people that you created us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.